This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. What is going on? Welcome to Take on the World Nerdcast with Nathan Blaze and Mike D. Um, here we are again for our second official Nerdcast. Official. Because we had one before that we did um, some video game stuff on. Yeah. Anyway, this is our second official licensed and titled trademarked and copyrighted nerdcast <laughs> um so today i came up with this topic yes yes you did not yes, nathaniel so uh first let's talk about the deluxe edition network the deluxe edition network is a network that we are on what along with an ever-growing catalog of other podcasts Yes. They just added a couple more. Um, every month they spotlight a couple podcasts, and this month uh, you want to pull that a little closer. Oh, yeah, You're sure. leaning back and not talking into your mic and sure. fading away. And okay. as I told John, it's better to burn out than fade away. Okay. Okay. Go out in a blaze of glory. I got it. Okay. See, now you, you sounded real loud like that. <laughs> That's your radio voice. Looking for some midweek laughs? Then check out Bev's Video Kingdom. Join Brad, Zach, Scott, and Nate, four guys who never quite grew up as they dissect their favorite films and have hilarious arguments about ridiculous movie categories. So grab a beer or a whiskey, or both, we don't judge, and tune in every Tuesday for the craziest movie podcast out there. You can find new episodes of Bev's Video Kingdom every Tuesday on all podcast platforms. It's the only podcast that'll make you feel like you're hanging out with your old college buddies without all the regrets. So what do you got in your green can? Well, in my green can, I've got the uh, all-classic Mountain Dew. And my green can is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay, you you, you have to be all fancy and everything. Fancy schmancy. Pale Ale, whatever. So speaking of Deluxe Edition Network, go to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Check out all the great podcasts. Actually, everybody on the network is really good. Oh, oh my God, yeah. I enjoy listening to them. Uh, also upcoming, I'm not sure when this will come out. If it's after February 14th, you're going to want to go back and check out uh, Podcaster Ray, or Ray the Podcaster, and myself sat down, and we talked about the My Bloody Valentine movies. We did a side-by-side -side comparison of the movie and the remake. Okay. To determine which was the better movie. I will not spoil it for you. Um, so go and check that out. If it's not the 14th, uh, Valentine's Day, uh, 1 o'clock, 
that'll be coming out if it is after Valentine's Day. Go back. Better not be. Go back. Well, it might be because I have, I have a build up here. <laughs> but it's my bloody Valentine. Well, it's still coming out on the fourteenth, regardless of when this comes out. Okay. That's already scheduled, set, done, edited, ready to go. Okay. Okay. And it was great sitting down with Ray. Uh, he is the host of Tencent Beer Night and uh, the co-host of Deluxe Edition. Another very good podcast, the yeah. namesake. Well, they do some great interviews. It's awesome. So everybody on the Deluxe Edition Network is is just outstanding. There hasn't been a podcast I haven't liked. I know, and I, I they're they're all on my podcast list. I listen to them all. So, uh, so today we're talking about on the Nerdcast, the second official trademark copyrighted Nerdcast. Uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence in video games. Okay. Okay. Video because games. if we sat down and talked about artificial intelligence in general, it could go on for hours. Well, there's so many facets of our lives that have artificial intelligence built into it. There's hardly hardly anything that it isn't anymore. It's, it's in medical, it's in our our electronics, our phones, our it's in our trash cans. It's in yeah, our trash can, our refrigerator. Uh, like it, it's, it's everywhere. So we're not going to delve into that very broad topic. Uh, what we are going to talk about is video games. And when we're talking about artificial intelligence, uh, you might picture, if you will, Skynet becoming self-aware and an uprising of, uh, machines using Terminators sweeping across the face of the earth, killing all human beings. Huh. I can picture it. I can see it. We should make a movie about we that. We should. That'd be cool. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Aww. Um, uh, AI has infiltrated many aspects of our existence, and uh, video games is is no... No exception. It's no exception. That's, I can't think of the word. Jesus. I think you've had enough. <clears throat> yeah. One Sierra Nevada, and I'm over the tap. <laughs> so, um, so when, when we talk about game AI, what do you think of? Well, I think of anything from chess to any of the num numerous games that I play from, as you have heard in our previous podcasts, Minecraft, Team Fortress... So, uh, game AI refers to a broad set of algorithms used to control the games. And like you said, it is in almost every game we play now. Yeah. But it has a long history. Uh, so, there's an argument that the game AI is not true AI. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> because... Uh, It doesn't necessarily learn and adapt. Okay. In the way you would think it does. Well, in in my experience, it seems like they they get pretty clever and very cheeky. Yeah. The, yes, and and that is um 
how they, they they control video games now. They control the gameplay with with the AI. So while not true AI, that it does not necessarily facilitate the computer learning. So they want us to think. Yeah, so so much as uh, executing a set limit of predetermined responses based on gameplay. Okay. Um, while that doesn't isn't entirely its its ceiling, uh, that's pretty much what it does in video games. Okay. Okay. Easy enough to understand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to computer games and video games, AI has been used in their development and gameplay for many years. All right. So I, I, I know you saw this, but when, when, when we first talked about it, yeah. wh- what would you think the first adaptation of AI in video games was? <laughs> That's a really hard thing for me to place. Really a hard thing for me to place the first adaptation of AI in video games. I don't think I can name anything specific as the first. Well, where would you generally put your finger on the calendar? Um, I would probably have to say... Early 80s, late... No, earlier than that. 70s. Okay. So the first example of AI in a computerized game was the game of NIM. NIM. It was made in 1951. 51. 20 years before Pong. And think about that. Like, that's, again, like five years after World War II? Six years? That, that, like we talked about before, it's even crazy that they were thinking of vid- video games, let alone AI in video games. Now, I know when um, uh, there's someone who I want to have as a guest on the podcast, and I let them choose the topic. He chose the topic. Now, he hasn't been up yet. It's been quite some time. I still want to get him up and do AI. But when I did the AI research, artificial intelligence actually goes back to much earlier than that in writings. Really? But in practice, NIM is the, one of the first examples. Okay, of okay. It, it actually being used. But in writing, it goes back to a book, and I wish I had that research up because I found it very interesting, and I think it went back to the 30s. Even all the way back in the 30s. Yeah. So that was in someone's imagination. That but still, the fact that... There wasn't even computers back then. Yeah, no, the fact that that wasn't even a thought. Yeah. Well, you look at science fiction writers from like Isaac Asimov and, well, and like okay, they had a, they had an imagination. <coughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs> uh, that imagination is very vast, especially in writers. But uh, for a writer to think of an artificial intelligence, and it wasn't basically a computer artificial intelligence per se. Okay. But. It goes back pretty far. So, um, now we've talked about the cabinet games before. So, uh, 1978, uh, the cabinet games were, were out and, and functioning. You had Pong out there. You had a couple of those. Yeah, okay. Um, and then Space Invaders came along. Space Invaders? I yeah. remember Space Invaders. I do, too, because I played it when it came out when I was I, eight years old. I played it a little bit. Um. 
And when we talked about it, you, I said Space Invaders actually kick-started the evolution of AI in gaming. I, I, and you were like, well, how? Yeah, I, I, I don't really see AI in Space Invaders because when I look at Space Invaders, it, it just all looks like it's just a set path. Okay, so the little aliens came across the screen, but they also shot little lightning bolts down at you, or little laser bolts, whatever, and I I would think that's where the AI comes in, as to okay, it would it would depend where you're shooting from to where the the randomized release of the lightning bolts or laser bolts that came down would come after you. Okay, I I can kind of see that argument. So it's it's not AI the way we think of it today, but it it was a um an algorithm that was set to predict where you were going to be and where to shoot. Okay, okay, I can see that. That's a fair argument. Okay, so in in 1980, Pac Man came out. Yes, Pac Man. So Pac Man had many element elements. Uh, of AI, okay, set in a complex. If you haven't played Pac Man, um, or if you don't know what Pac Man is, how, like how, how how couldn't you? What kind of life have you had? Yeah, really, like, you could not have had a full life. Anyway, Pac Man was uh, a little yellow munchie. Yeah, a little cheese wheel. A little cheese wheel rolling around the thing, uh, and there was ghosts in the maze. Each ghost. Had its own personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were just looking at that. So yeah, I'm Inky th- Blinky. Inky Blinky. Pinky. Pinky and Clyde. And Clyde. Clyde. So uh, Blinky was the chaser. Yeah. So his programming had him chasing you most of the time. And uh, Pinky was the ambusher. Ambusher. So he he would he, he was a little more intelligent. So he would he would let uh, uh, Blinky chase you around. Yeah, and he would try to get to a point where he'd be in front of you to, to block you off. Yeah, and ambush you. And then Inky was fickle. Like he, which which which, which way do I go? Which way do I go? Yeah. <laughs> and then Clyde was just an idiot. Yeah, the dumb one. Yeah, I remember watching an interview with one of the developers of Pac Man, and I. I could be misremembering, but I think he just flat out called Clyde the stupid one. Yeah. So uh, that was their characteristic when Pac-Man was just going through the maze. But when Pac-Man would hit one of the power-ups, yeah, they all acted different. Yeah, they'd run away from you. Yeah. So each one had a different speed, and each one would take a different path to get away from you. And some of it was, if you knew the pattern... To where they were on the screen, when you ate the power up, you could eat them all. You get extra points. But uh, so the AI would act in a certain manner depending on the state of Pac-Man. Yeah. So chase down a normal state, run away when he eats a power up. See, I kind of see Pac-Man as more of an example of AI than Space Invaders. Well, it, it's it's more complex, absolutely. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I meant, kind of. Yeah. So. Um, and then you get to, uh, 1996. Ooh, ooh boy, 96. So 
IBM created a supercomputer. Uh, yeah, as 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 they do, and uh, that supercomputer played chess, and it took off uh, Gary Kasparov. Oh, I think I know this. I can't remember the name. So, Deep Blue. Deep Blue. Yeah, that's right. Deep Blue. Yeah. So, uh, 1996 was the first time that a computer defeated a grandmaster chess champion in the game. So when they when they played, they came out uh Kasparov lost the first now they played a match, so it was like six games. Kasparov lost the first game to Deep Blue. Okay. Kasparov then came back to win and then they had a couple ties and then uh Kasparov overall won the match. All right. Which I think is amazing. It is like there's so many different computations that could be done. Based on your opponent's first move. Oh, oh my God! Like yeah, you, you, you play chess. You understand it. I, I, I have played chess. I'm not a chess wizard of any any sort. Oh, neither am I, really. But, uh, like, like the way they call out the king's rook to p3. I don't know what the hell it means. <laughs> like, I, I, well, it's it's th- the three represents a row. And the letter represents a column. Right. But I don't know which is which. Well, alphanumeric. Right. But I don't know if the bottom of the board is the letters and the side of the board is the numbers. Or I don't. I I, I get it, but I, there's no way. <laughs> like a chess champion can just do a whole game in his head by calling out those numbers. Oh, 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 yeah. That like, I, I can't do. Like, like I, as much as I make fun of you, I would be uh uh uh. Uh, <laughs> so um, so they had a rematch the next year. Okay, and the result was the exact opposite. Kasparov took game one. Um, but so he took game one, mm-hmm. and they had a couple ties, and then Big Blue took. Took game two. I think that he took game two, and then something happened that there was a a bug in in the the programming. Okay. So they they went and fixed the bug, and then the next game, uh, Big Blue came back and won. Okay. And Kasparov at the time of the game complained, saying that IBM had cheated and had a grandmaster feeding it information so it could beat him. Now years later, he 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 watched the matches over and over, and he said, "You know what? I don't believe that. I don't believe that that's what happened. I believe he beat me fair and square." Yeah, I mean, I I would be I would be pretty upset too. Like th- this was un unprecedented yeah. at the time. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, this super super computer's coming out of nowhere and it kicks your butt. Yeah, and I'm gonna be a little embarrassing for a grandmaster chess champion. Yeah. So game six, <coughs> Big Blue came out and played very aggressive and uh, made a surprise play, and Kasparov never recovered from that 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 move. Okay. And ended up losing the match overall. So 1997 was the first time that a inanimate object beat a grandmaster chess champion in a match of chess. I, I that that's amazing. Well, 
yeah, to to think like 20, 30 years earlier, the most they could do was have little ghosts chase you around a maze. Right. And now, because I mean, chess is a fairly complicated game. Right. And now when we get into the types of AI, uh, I'm going to explain uh, what exactly Big Blue used during that game. Okay. And how it used it. Um, and it's it's interesting because as complex as chess is, um, the, the video games of now, mm-hmm. they had to dumb it down a little bit because there was too many options. Like in a chess game, there's a set number of options. Yeah, there's only so many tiles and so many ways that a piece can move. And it's a lot. I mean, it's a ton. Oh, well, yeah. And depending on your move, it changes the, the Everything. possible outcome. But it, it's still a pretty finite am- amount. Yeah. Um, while a big finite amount, just a f- with video games now, there's so many nuanced differences that it can't calculate every single outcome. So, yeah. Um, but we get to 2000 and The Sims come out. Ooh, The Sims, yeah. Now, I never played The Sims. I, I played a little bit of The Sims. Uh, it never interested me. However, that game heavily relied on AI. Um, yeah. So that the characters that are created in it can live independent lives with minimal input. Yeah. So, like, that that's interesting. Well, that, yeah. And that I mean, a game like that that I would think is, I would say, rudimentary when it comes to gaming. Yeah. Although it was very popular. Oh, yeah, it's popular. I... <laughs> Like, it's goofy to think about. Like, it's, it, well, it's a dollhouse game. It's a dollhouse. But it's a super popular dollhouse. Right. Well, then, it, you know, from The Sims, you got, uh, like, Roller Coaster ty- ty- Tycoon and Typhoon. Yeah, typhoon. <laughs> I want to play that game. That was like the pinball machine we played. <laughs> uh, but so the AI is relied heavily on it in there. Uh, now AI is the foundation of almost all video games. Yeah. And the most common role for AI in video games is non-player characters or NPCs. Yeah. Uh, you want to explain what an NPC is? Well, it's a non-player character. It's... Okay, that's it. We're done. <laughs> all right. All right, let's 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 go let's go to McDonald's or Burger King. Maybe Wendy's. Good. NPC. <laughs> so... An NPC, non non player character. It's a character in the game that's controlled by the AI, by its programming. That's not a human. That's not a human. So, like, give me some examples of NPCs in in, let's just say Zelda. Okay, well, the NPCs in Zelda are like the shopkeepers or the little enemies that you're fighting. Right. So. They're programmed to react a certain way depending on how you react. Yes. And that's where the AI comes in. Yeah. Developments in AI let these characters generate responsive, response, yeah, responsive, adaptive, or intelligent behaviors mm-hmm. to function and react like humans. Yeah. And um, I mean, as you look over the years, you can see how the reactions 
evolve and change. Well, look at that stupid Scrabble game I play. Yeah. Uh, the same people keep challenging me. They're obviously not real people. They're obviously bots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, I beat the one lady, like, 30 sometimes. Why would you keep coming back for abuse? Or they're just that desperate to play Scrabble. So even when I don't initiate another game with them, they initiate another game with me. Yeah. And that keeps me playing the game. Yeah. Because I'll play them and beat them. I don't care. <laughs> well, you do care because you like beating them. Well, I, I am I'm one of those people who don't think it's wrong to run up a score. If you're better, keep playing. Yeah. Why would you why would you put your best players off the field just because you're winning? Yeah. I mean, everybody gets to play when we play uh when we played soccer. But yeah. if you're playing a competitive sport, you're there to compete. Not not to molly coddle. Yeah, no. Once you're in competition, you really don't hold your punches. No, I don't. That'd be like a boxer saying, oh, oh I'm not going to hit him because he's not as good as me. Yeah. That's how you get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes around, <laughs> bam! Yeah. <laughs> so um, early games only allowed NPCs to do generic attack defense actions. Yeah. Now NPCs are able to hunt players, the ability to create audible and physical disturbances in the environment around the player that give you a more immersive experience yeah. in an open world gaming. I know it's, this might be going off track a little bit. That's okay. We but, do that all the time. <laughs> but it's crazy because even just in my lifetime, it has gone from, okay, yeah, the AI, it can, it can shoot you, target and track you. But now, now it's at a point where it's smart enough that it can do a disturbance here. Because it expects that that disturbance will either draw you over there or scare you away into another area, and they they can make AI that properly understands cover and yeah. actual tactics. Yes, and uh, one of the earliest examples of that was Metal Gear Solid, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Solid game. Solid uh, game. Although the AI was rough around the edges. Yeah. Um. And some people may disagree with my assessment of that game. Uh, that is where, uh, because it was a stealth game, mm -hmm. if you reacted in a certain way, it would have the NPCs react in another way. Yeah. And they would actively hunt for you. Mm -hmm. Now, they would use a pattern to do it, so it was still algorithm-based, but that's what game AI is. Yeah. It's all algorithms. So the designers often use tricks to make NPCs look more intelligent than they actually are. Yeah. And uh, some of that would depend on how the character reacts. Uh, one of the most widely used tricks in video games, especially through the 90s, was finite state machine algorithm. Finite state machine algorithm. That yes. sounds vaguely familiar. It was introduced in games in the 90s. Okay. In FSM... FSM. The, the, the designer generally generalizes all possibilities of the situation okay. that the AI could encounter. Okay. And then programs a specific reaction to each situation. All so right. like with the stealth game, if I made noise, it would create an alert. When they were in alert state, they would be a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. They would actively search for me until the alert state was dropped because they didn't find me. Oh, I must have heard. It must have been a frog. 
whatever. Must have been the wind. And then they would go back to their passive patrol state. Okay. Um, so basically, FSM AI would promptly react to a human player's action with its pre-programmed behavior. Okay, so a simple form of AI, but it still worked really well. Now, there, when I was looking this up, there was a, a nice chart that showed how it functioned. Okay. It was a circle, and uh, NPC sees human, mm -hmm. attacks. Doesn't see human, it defends. Okay. Or it's passive. And it, it, it was a whole circle of how, how they would react depending on the state of the human player. Okay. So when no human player was around, the AI wandered around in a wandering state. When a human player shows up, the AI would attack. Okay. Uh, and then when its health was low, in some cases would retreat or try to retreat or try to find cover to, to recover its its health. Yeah, okay. Um. <clears throat> So, SM, FSM oriented NPCs uh, could perform four basic actions: aid, evade, wander, attack. All right, so uh, four four main states. Right. So games such as Battlefield, Call of Duty, Tomb Raider, and even Super Mario Tur the, the Turtles in Super Mario were examples of SSM AI. Okay, yeah, the, I, I can kind of see that with the Mario Turtles on a simpler scale, but yeah, okay. Uh, one of the drawbacks is predictability, since all the behaviors are pre-programmed. Yeah. Which is, you learn the pattern, you win the game. Yeah. Which is, a, a lot of the games that I played growing up, growing up or in my early adulthood, uh, that's how they were. Well, once, even, you, once you learn the pattern, yeah. you can get through a level easily. And... In some cases, some of the games that you play are still like that. Yeah. Like that st stupid, crappy, kill me 5,000 times game. Hollow Knight. Yes, because I didn't learn the pattern. <laughs> no, you did not. But that pattern was slightly randomized. Yeah. Um, the, it didn't only depend on my action. It depended on where I was standing on how they attacked. Yeah. So if I was a half inch over... On the screen, it attacked differently than if I was a half inch to the left. And more dynamic, but still patterns. Sort right. Of. It, yeah, it's still patterns, but it's it's a larger pattern because it can be programmed with more information. Yeah. Uh, a more advanced method used to enhance gaming experience was called the Monte Carlo Search Tree Algorithm. Not doesn't exactly run off the tongue. No, it does not. MCST. Okay. Uh, so that was what Big Blue used. MCST. Yes, MCST. So what MCST would, what it does, it considers all possible moves. Okay. Any move that you can make right now, and then it would consider all possible responses to that move and all possible responses to its response. For a certain number of responses. So if you if you look at it, you have your game. Okay. And you have a response, which is a branch for the tree. And then how it would react and how you would react. And it becomes basically a tree branch. Hence, Monte Carlo search tree algorithm. Tree. Yes. So it would all branch out from that main action. Okay. And so... It can calculate thousands of possible moves and choose the best outcome 
based on that move. And what they kept on saying is choose the best reward. So uh, if the, the, whatever the game was, if, yeah. if the, uh, if the house wins, it wins your money. So like if it's, if it's a blackjack, okay, just to simplify it. Uh, if the house wins, it wins your money. Its reward is your money in its, its accounts. Money. And you having less. And, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, so if, if I say best possible reward when I'm going through the rest of this, that's what it means. Okay. So what you're saying is that the AI understands... The concept of money. The concept of money and reward. So it's alive. Yes. Yes. And it's about to take over. Skynet, explosions, Terminators coming back in time to stop me from having you so you can't fi- save the world. Okay. A little far-fetched. I don't think so. I think it's pretty realistic. <laughs> uh, so since the strategy game has become more... The strategy games now have like more possible outcomes. Oh, yeah. And... Not just, it, it's not just a move on the board. And that's what I was saying about Big Blue and the chessboard. Mm-hmm. Each each one of those pieces can only make a finite number of moves. Yeah. Uh, when you're playing a video game, if you're playing a strategy game, say it's a first-person shooter, mm-hmm. uh, instead of popping my head up and shooting, I could duck down and move over here. Or I could duck down and move over here, and I could move, and it takes into the the nuance, uh, like your your uh, Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. where I am on the screen, you know what my action is, where I move next, where I could move next, and there's no way that a computer at this level can predict all predict of that. every single possible. So what it does is it takes. Uh, the most likely possible moves and makes those calculations based on that. And that's how you beat the game. Because if you make one of the moves that it doesn't th- think is most likely, you're more likely to win. You can't guess what my next move is because I don't even know what my next move is. But the computer takes into account the way you've played the game. Yeah. And the likelihood that you make that move is calculable. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, like, oh yeah, the, it, it it's crazy, like how it works now. Yeah, and as games become more and more complex and more advanced, the AI is forced to become more complex and more advanced as well. Yes. So there may be more than one algorithm being used in a game at any one time. It could use both SSM or MCST. Hmm. Uh, so outcomes become more, more, much more uncertain to human players. Instead of taking only the action based on the current status with S F S M. Why do I keep putting the S first? I, I don't know. MCST AI evaluates some of the possible next move, then performs the MCST to calculate the overall payback for each of these moves and chooses whichever is more valuable. So if the value to the game is to kill you or to steer you in a certain direction to play another part of the game. Mm -hmm. So like in Fallout, Fallout 76, 
Because okay. we, we both play that. We both love that game. Yeah. Uh, you have the map. This part of the map is very easy for mm-hmm. all players. All right. And then this section of the map's a little bit harder. And this section of the map. Now, it's possible for me to go down to this bottom corner, which is the hardest section of the map, mm-hmm. and play there. It's possible. Yeah. I will get defeated. And that's how it steers me to those other parts of the map to perform those quests. Yes. And that's 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 the AI. Now, the I do not comply. Thank you very much. <laughs> I go down to the hardest part of the map and see what I need to do to get down there and defeat that. And when you're playing with other people. After dying a hundred times. I've done it. And that's fine. Because... In in this case with Fallout 76, I'm just losing my junk when I die. Yeah. So I just don't carry any junk. I just, I don't lose my weapons. I don't lose any. any... May as well if I have nothing to lose. And in fact, if I'm low on health, it's better for me to die and come back and start over mm-hmm. because now I have full health again. Yeah. I don't have to use a stim pack. don't have to do anything. You know, so, uh, and a lot of people play unconventional like that. And that's that's how you excel at these games. Yeah. So uh so there's also something called big data. Big data. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. No, it's data. It's not data. It's taking me back taking me back to uh, Do you know what that is? High school CIS. Oh no. So big data cap- captures more information on how we play the game, uh tracking data points, patterns, trends, and it allows developers to tailor the game experience to the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, uh, they use all that information to make the AI more powerful, but not too powerful that you give up and not play the game. Okay, yeah, create a sufficient challenge right. to keep you interested. Right. But not so much that it scares you away. Correct. And so if it does scare you away, it, big data wants to know why you stop playing. Yes. So it reviews all that data, all your gameplay data, and when you played more and when you played less. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tries to, well, you get updates and patches based on on that, that gameplay experience. And, and that's all through AI. Like the AI collects that information and makes a determination, well, Nathan stopped playing this game because he really sucked at it. Or I don't suck at any games. It's because the game's cheating. I'm not bad. The game's cheating. Okay, that comes up here too. That is in the research. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Are you an AI? Are you predicting my every next move? I am. I'm absolutely an AI. But I'm I... not an NPC. What? Uh, so games such as Madden Football, Tommy LaRusso Baseball, base their AI in an attempt to duplicate managerial coaching or player styles of a certain celebrity. So I used to always play Madden football. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I love Madden football and, and the hockey game. I played the NHL, uh, whatever the NHL game was. I don't really remember you playing that one much, but go on. So uh, when I played the NHL game, although I am a Penguins fan and a, Clearly. And a Flyers fan, I would play as Detroit Red Wings especially the year that I got the game. The year I got the game, Detroit was unstoppable. Their players were fast. Their passing was crisp. Like, everything about that team was tops. 
Okay. Or I'd play the Chicago Blackhawks because they also were good at that time. So I'd play them because that that team would duplicate their ability levels. Okay. For someone like me who doesn't know how to play hockey. <laughs> so their pass, even though if I passed it wrong, the other player was more likely to get that pass than than give it up and create a turnover. Okay. Because it was he was a good player and that's how Detroit played. So they mimicked those styles. Same thing with football. Uh, well, when I was a an avid football fan, I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I didn't always play the Steelers on Madden football. Because, <gasps> because when it first came out, Pittsburgh had gone through a very long dry spell of sucking pretty bad. Okay. And there were no like super players on the team. And then the year comes out and, and you have – you have uh, Tommy Maddox, you have uh, Jerome Bettis coming up, you have, you know, all these other players. Like, when I would play when Jerome Bettis was on a team, like, y- you could hit him. He could be, they could attempt to tackle him like five times before he'd actually go down. Okay. So I would run the ball all the time. The same thing if, you know, I played a team that had a great receiver and a great passer. You know, I would pass all the time because the receiver would get one finger on a ball and catch it. And because that's how that receiver was talented in real life. So they yeah. based the AI of, of, of that, those games on top of that. Now, I never played the baseball games. I was never a baseball fan. Okay. But it's the same thing. You know, the, you'd have a coaching style, which was um, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And you would play against that aggressive coaching style. And despite the talent of some of your players, you may lose because the coaching style overwhelmed yours. All right. So... That's how AI is using those type of games. And I think while that is also finite, I just think there was more nuance to it in some of the, the, the sports games. Oh, definitely. Um, the use of gay, game AIs beyond NPCs. Ooh. Uh, so a, a player experience modeling. Uh, basically, they would adjust the difficulty of the game based on the player's ability. Okay. You and I play the same game. We're on the same level. I get through a level slightly easier than you because the game adjusts to you being a better player than me. You're admitting that I'm better? In whatever game it was. If it's uh, Fortnite or whatever, I don't play that stuff. <laughs> okay. Go on. Go on. Now, if we're playing uh, PUBG Battleground, I-, I kick your ass. Oh, Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I was always number one or number two when I played that. It got it got boring playing that game. So I stopped playing. Ah. Oh. Which the AI should have seen and made it harder for me. But I guess I was just too good for it. <clears throat> oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Harumph, harumph, harumph. <laughs> so then there's procedural content generation. Creating elements of the game like environmental conditions, levels, and even music in an automated way, AI methods can generate new content or interactive stories. Which Okay. So that kind of is a little bit what what we consider AI in general. So if it's yeah. creating new content or different stories based on your gameplay, or even playing different music because of the way you play. Okay. That's that's more like AI. I would love 
to play a game with AI like that. Now, I'm sure I've played at least one game that had like maybe a simpler level of AI like that with the way that it generates the world, maybe the story. But I can't think of any specific anything specific that I've ever played like that. Like that sounds so cool that the game like dynamically changes the music or the world or the way that thing and it it might not be a different song per se it may just be the speed of the song yeah you know because like that something to make you react slower yeah like i i i don't know i don't know if it it didn't give any specific i would love a specific specific example of that like you're saying i'd love to play a game like that and i'm sure in some ways i have actually you know what one comes to mind hollow knight no assholes <laughs> Excuse me. Anyways, um I think it's less of AI, but we tanks. We play tanks. I know that game the music is actually different based on what tanks are on the screen. There you go. So your choice of tank. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, data mining of user behavior which is what i was talking about before what keeps a player playing what causes them to stop allowing developers to tune adjust and improve the game Mm -hmm. based on those those things okay Uh, so alternate approaches to npcs uh changing the game setup to enhance npc believability Okay. And exploring social rather than individual NPC behavior. Okay. Hey, don't ask me what that means. I, <laughs> I just wrote down what it said. Oh, okay. That, that one kind of had me a little lost because h- how do NPCs have a social behavior? Uh, you know what? Actually, you would, when we were originally talking about the idea of this episode, you would ask me about. Uh, AI in Minecraft. Yes. Um, the social behavior I think comes in with how, like how I explained in Minecraft, when you buy a lot from this specific NPC, it'll actually have an effect on your prices. Well, yeah, you know what? I think that's where the social behavior comes in. Uh, like seven days to die when on that server, if I if so many people have sold a vendor a certain item. The vendor doesn't buy it anymore. Doesn't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. So maybe maybe that 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 could be. Yeah. I I would say that that falls under social behavior. Okay. Makes sense. So AI cheating. They all cheat always. So rather than a game using human-like senses to know if a player is in the area. Uh, seeing, hearing, etc. The game can cheat by asking the engine for the it, the player the p- player's position. Yes. Uh, it is common to give AIs higher speeds in racing games to catch up to a player, mm-hmm. or spawning in advantageous positions in first-person shooters, or just straight up. Well, most infamously in shooters, aimbotting where they take a player client 
and they have an AI play the game, and the AI reads from the game the exact position of everyone in the game. So it knows, even if you're invisible, it knows, hey, you're here in the game, I shot you in the head. Now over here, bang, bang, bang. That's very infamously in first-person shooters. Okay. So it's just like a casino. House has the advantage. Yes. And in some circumstances, that's a good thing. Uh, makes the game a little bit harder. <laughs> a little bit. In some situations, it makes people stop playing. Yes. So if there is an advantage to the house, they don't want to make it so much that you stop playing. Oh, well, yeah. Just that you get frustrated and try over, like Hollow Knight. Yeah. The longer you play it, the Hours better. and hours and hours. And hours. Uh, it is often done for performance reasons, and it is considered acceptable as long as it's not obvious to the player. So when developers are asked about this, they get pissed off. Like, my game doesn't cheat. My game's just that good. Okay. Um, they, they say that most AIs are honest and they dislike players erroneously complaining about cheating. Your AI is cheating. I don't care what you say. It's cheating. See? I'm not bad at the game. The game is cheating. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like no one wants to admit that they're not good. Because I am good. Uh, while cheating refers to only privileges given specifically to the AI. It does not include inhuman swiftness, precision neutral to a computer. A no. player might call a computer's inherent advantage cheating if they result... Because it is. If they result in an agent acting unlike a human player. No, I want you to perfectly replicate... Perfectly replicate human behavior in thinking in your AI. No, you don't. No, you don't, because I'd beat you every time. Shut up. They would just come to me and say, how would you play this game, Mike? And I'm like, this is how I'd play. And like every player in the world would be like, cheat. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty much what I researched. All right. Um. There's a lot there to unpack. Yeah, there's a fair bit. And even we didn't go into it as as in-depth as we could have. Because like you said, we would be here all day and night. Right. And, and even with just AI and gaming. Because, you know, we talked about the, the two of the algorithms, but I'm sure there's many more. Yeah. Those are just the two main uh, types. Um, the FSM. Got it right this time. Yeah, good job. Good job. And the Monte Carlo tree. Close enough. It, it's not, that's what it is. Monte Carlo tree algorithm. Right? I think so. I'm just I'm just bullying you because you forgot the last word. Algorithm. T. M. Monte Carlo. Where the hell is it? I can't find it now. <laughs> Well, you'll just have to take my word. Tree algorithm. Yeah, Monte Carlo tree algorithm. You forgot to say algorithm. Search. I forgot to say search. Monte Carlo search tree. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely definitely knew that you forgot to say search. Yes. I, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. Right. So, like, 
do you does it make you look differently at video games after like thinking about this like you knew there was ai involved in video oh, well, games yeah but does it make you look differently at them when you think about it i mean a little bit a little bit but it makes me think how can i use this information to be better at certain games <laughs> well i didn't need this information to be better at any games <laughs> i'm already the best rum 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 so that is really it for today okay on ai in video games and like like you said we just grazed its surface uh we didn't get too deep in the weeds not too deep so we took on ai in video games on the trademarked and copyright second official episode of Take on the World Nerdcast. Nerdcast. Uh, Nerdcast. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I like the Nerdcast better than Nerdstop. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Can't believe I didn't come up with that. Well, you know, you're not me. <sighs> no, I'm not. I'm so not. While, while Nathan muses on that note that he is not me, <laughs> you go Take on the World. Don't be afraid to be a nerd doing it. Be proud. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com.